It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's kind of a feel thing. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. 49ers show blitz, but back out except for the corner. And Rogers under pressure, and he can't escape. Down he goes at the 14-yard line. Second and 25. A low snap here. Rogers with a pump. Look out! From behind, Armstead is there. Third down and eight. Rogers going to go down again at the 18-yard line. That's Nick Bosa. Now, Rami is deep in enemy territory right now. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd, one more day of bi-week vacation. Rami, before we get back to something we scratched the surface on on your show, Score North Live, early today, and I've spent a few and hours And you sure you want to keep going down this road? You want to keep speeding down this road that you Listen, recklessly turned on to during Score North Live this afternoon? You ever seen like um, some of these Jake Gyllenhaal movies? Where he's no. like playing detective. Like, you ever seen the Zodiac? I haven't actually. You should. I think you'd really like the Zodiac. No, I heard it was good. But where you, you know, you start scratching the surface on something, a crime, yeah. a mystery. Sure. And all of a sudden, you go too far down and there's no turning back. Yeah, that no, that you're, was. You're in a dark place and you're in trouble. That was me this afternoon <laughs> after you and I briefly touched on the notion that Kirk Cousins might be better than Aaron Rodgers right now. Yeah. I think it's a fact. After it's looking a around, fact. Yes, it's not debatable. I mean, it's somewhat debatable, but when you lay out the concrete, objective evidence right in front of us, and this is what I tried to do in in uh, Rami's I'm court with Carl Anthony Towns in score court again, and maybe that's the case. Uh huh. But I think right now in this moment, if you look at and you thoroughly examine the evidence in front of us. I think Kirk Cousins is better than Aaron Rodgers, and I want to lay this out for you, okay? All right. In fact, I'm not even going to say Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers. Just to make it easier for you, I'm going to say player A and player B. So that let's let's get rid of their names for a second, okay? It's like taking the brand name off of something and having a taste test. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's player A and player B. Quarterback okay. A and quarterback B, okay? All right. And by the way, we will get to Packer Ventline here at some point. Don't think that we don't have a million awesome clips of Packer fans melting down uh, in the building, by the way, that you're in right now. You're at the fan in Milwaukee. You're back home for the holiday Yeah, it's going to be weird listening to this from here. Yeah, that's going to be a different that's going to be a different experience. Yeah, it's going to be uh it's going to be like uh like watching the Bill Buckner play from Fenway or something. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but let me let me lay this out for you, okay? Because I think if you if you start to go Quarterback A, quarterback B. 
and start doing a, a tale of the tape, it becomes fairly obvious. So let's let's just start with where they're at in their current player life cycles. Aaron Rodgers turns 36 years old next week. He turns 36 years old on Monday, Rami. So he's no longer in his physical prime. Sure. Kirk Cousins is 30. And I don't. I wouldn't say he's in the middle of his physical prime, but Kirk Cousins is definitely still in his physical prime. Would you agree with those things? Yeah, sure. And we also, I think it's it's easy for us to say, well, 36 years old. I mean, Peyton Manning played till he was 40 years old at an elite level, right? Tom Brady was you know, maybe the best quarterback in the NFL at 39-40, and Brett Favre had his best season with the Vikings when he was 40 years old. But mm-hmm. just because we see some quarterbacks play at an elite level until they're 40 doesn't mean that it's the normal thing. It just means that there's a few dudes who did. Like Drew Brees uh, is is in that group, too. You'd think that Aaron Rodgers would be in that group, but when you're 36 years old, most quarterbacks start to deteriorate. Are those fair yeah, things those, to say? Those guys that you're talking about are more exceptions to the rule. Okay. Uh, and Aaron, you, you, you would think that Aaron Rodgers, having belonged to that group for the first 10 or 12 years of his career, that he would also be in the group that would play Hall of Fame caliber football when he's forty, but it doesn't guarantee it. I did. I I actually I questioned that when I was working here in in Milwaukee because of his style of play. I mean, he's he's a guy who they talked about it last night on the broadcast. Phil, he he hangs on to the ball for longer than three seconds, more than just about anybody in this league, and he puts himself in harm's way pretty often, just waiting for the bigger, better play to open up instead of checking down and trying to squeeze something into a twi- into a tight window that like yeah. like Brett Favre used to do, which Sometimes it would turn out great. Sometimes wouldn't turn out so great. But he's taken plenty of punishment over the course of his his NFL career since we, since he became the starter for the yeah. Packers. Yeah, and so I mean maybe so his thirty six might be thirty eight. But I think if we just if we just start with that one guy is in his physical prime, the other guy is not. Uh, and I know that I said Cousins and Rodgers, but quarterback A is in his physical prime. Quarterback B is not. Okay, let's. Let's keep going. Yeah, you didn't you didn't stick to that for very long. I'm the first st- thing you brought up, you put the brand name right on it. You, <laughs> I really did. You slapped Frosted Flakes right on the box. <laughs> so Frosted Flakes are frosted. <laughs> Corn Flakes are not. Which one tastes better? <laughs> All right, let's let's keep going on this list, okay? Kirk Cousins ranks number 1 in the NFL right now in traditional passer rating. Aaron Rodgers ranks 12th. Kirk Cousins ranks seventh in QBR, which is passer rating with context. Why are you putting names on these again? I, the ship has sailed. Okay. The ship has sailed at this All point. Right. All right. All right. Uh-huh. So Kirk Cousins, number one in traditional passer rating. Rogers, 12th. Kirk Cousins, number seven in context or contextual passer rating, QBR. And Aaron Rodgers is 16th. Pretty interesting gaps right there, wouldn't you say? That's, in 2019. Sizable. Yeah. Um, you'd look at that and say, well, Rodgers 12th and 16th. He's more like a league average starter. Kirk Cousins 1st and 7th. You'd say, okay, he's knocking on the door, top five quarterback. Uh, what about accuracy? Accuracy is something that is very important for a quarterback, right? You would think so. Kirk Cousins ranks number one in the NFL, Rami Makhlouf, in on-target throws, according to profootballreference.com. Really? So when you get rid of the drops and you get rid of uh, like throwaways and things like that, he is number one in the NFL in on-target throw percentage. That's surprising to me because Kirk Cousins has looked inaccurate to me at times. But just because he looks inaccurate on you know one in every five throws or whatever it is, if you start to compare it to the rest of the league, he's actually sure. among the best in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and by the way, that percentage is 82%. He's accurate on 82% of his throws, 
Rod- Solid. And number one in the NFL, Rodgers ranks 20th in on-target throw percentage. Number one accurate passer versus number 20 in that category. How about uh, just good old-fashioned completion percentage? Cousins, fourth in the NFL. Rodgers, 17th in completion percentage. Pretty wide gap. That is a wide gap. How about chunks of yardage? So when you throw the ball, how many yards are you averaging uh, per each attempt? Cousins, fourth. Rodgers, 16th. And touchdown percentage. When you throw a pass, how often is it a touchdown? Quite simply. Cousins, third. Rodgers, 16th. And there's a couple others I could keep going here, but to me, the only thing okay. Aaron, the only thing Aaron Rodgers is elite at anymore is avoiding interceptions, which congratulations, you don't throw picks. That's great. But he's not doing the other things on the top end that he was doing to earn his Hall of Fame reputation. And, I, and I'll just put a bow on it this way, and then you can respond to all of this. I think if you just look objectively at the evidence right now and based on the train wreck performance from... Last night, Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback right now than Aaron Rodgers. Now, you brought this up on Score North Live today, and folks can listen to that noon to two weekdays right here on Score North. Maybe at 6 o'clock, you go back and check it out on the Score North mobile app if you're feeling like more sports talk and more Rami. But, or, avo- asked- or avoid it if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you started down this road. You turned down this road, and, and you slammed on the brakes. You were like, wait a minute. Let me look around and make sure I know exactly where I am and exactly where I'm going. And 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 you did. And obviously, since then, you kept driving down that road and and sightseeing and finding more and more things that might make you feel like you're headed in the right direction. Yeah, I went. By the way, I went to the Kirk Cousins is better than Aaron Rodgers gift shop too. Really, very nice. Yeah, what they do they got there? Postcards. That's great. Postcards. Yeah, <laughs> keychains that say Kirk is better than Aaron. <laughs> they do. Yeah, cool, awesome. <laughs> but when you first turned down that road, and I was sitting in the passenger seat at the time. Now I've gotten out since, but I was sitting in the passenger seat at the time as you started going down this road, and I turned to you, Phil. I turned to my left as you were sitting in the driver's seat, and I said, "Phil, if I were to ask you today." If you needed one of these two guys to win you a football game, who would that be? And you said Aaron Rodgers. Now, after I got out, like I said, you kept driving down that road and sightseeing, visited the Kirk Cousins is better than Aaron Rodgers gift shop and all. Did the answer to that question change at all, Phil? Because if the question, to, if the answer to that question didn't change, then you just wasted all of our time and your time and all that research that you just did. You know those what's funny? All, those are all real nice numbers, real great. You lay out a strong case, stronger than you laid out in scorecourt on Friday, trying to convince me that Cat was a top five player. But have you even convinced yourself that Aaron Rodgers truly is not as good a quarterback as Kirk Cousins is today? See, that's a it's a, it's a great question, and I think it it even involves another category that's really hard to quantify even just beyond fourth quarter comebacks or a stat that you would put to something like that or a game winning drives I mean there are there are ways to quantify how a quarterback performs but but those are also team stats so th- that's the hardest part because in my mind for 10 years watching Aaron Rodgers and I'm sure a lot of Vikings fans are going to be mad at me for saying this but in in 10 years 10 plus years watching Aaron Rodgers I feel like he is one of the three greatest quarterbacks and most skilled quarterbacks to ever play the game, body of work, his whole body of work. I think he might be the best. And I wouldn't even fight you on that. Because if you if you were to give 
if you were to flip-flop Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers' career circumstances where uh, – and Mike McCarthy had some good years and, and, and was a great offensive mind for a large chunk of his, his time in Green Bay. Uh, but if you were to give Aaron Rodgers the same infrastructure with Bill Belichick, Patriots, Robert Kraft, etc., right – Instead of uh, you know a, a group of a group of overweight uh, mustached men from Onalaska owning the Packers, like if you had an actual owner <laughs> who focused on the team on a regular basis, and you had a general manager and a coach that were uh, the same person and the greatest of all time, I think we'd be talking about five or six championships for Aaron Rodgers. So like I've got all this wiring in my mind, ten years of Aaron Rodgers being great. And then all the evidence in front of me that I just laid out that right now in this moment in 2019, Kirk Cousins is better in almost every measurable way. And then when you ask me that question, my brain defaults back to, oh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, like if I gun, gun to the head, if I need one drive in one game, it's hard to not still say Aaron Rodgers, even when all the evidence even, is stacked even up in front of you. Let's say, let's say it's week 17, it's do or die, you win, you're in, you lose, you're out of the playoffs. <laughs> And you pick one quarterback for four quarters. Is it Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins? Wow. Everything about my wiring. By the way, I had this Everything. same exact debate with people when I was working in Milwaukee and the Packers were playing the Redskins in a playoff game and Kirk Cousins was on a ridiculous hot streak and Aaron Rodgers was on a cold streak and people around here were literally going, I think I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. And I, I laughed at them. I laughed right in their but, face. But three years ago, I think it's a different discussion. Sure, we're, you know, we're absolutely. Talk, you know, Rodgers is still in his, in his physical prime. I think it's a different discussion. Oh, I mean, is. this is by not, the way. I'm not saying I'm not saying this is the same discussion I had three years ago in terms of all the the intangibles and the variables that that have changed since then. And I'm not saying you're you're as crazy as the people who were saying it three years ago. But again, if your answer to the question that I'm asking you is Aaron Rodgers, then you just took a long detour into Kirk Cousins is better than Aaron Rodgersville for nothing. It was just it was just a, it was just a sightseeing detour. Ask me the question again. How'd you lay it out for so I get four quarters week, now? Week seventeen. Okay. You need a win to get in the playoffs or lose and go home. And you can have Aaron Rodgers under center. Everything else is the same. Offensive line is the same. Receivers are the same. Coaches are the same. Everything's the same. You can have Aaron Rodgers or you can have Kirk Cousins. Give me Kirk. Really? Give me Kirk right now. Really? Give me Kirk. Really? I'm sorry, man. It's the, the answer is still like Rodgers that. for me. You it's closer. Like it's closer than it was three years ago. But the answer for me is still Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry, the sample size is still too large for me to sit here and say, "Yeah, give me Kirk Cousins." It ju- it's just he has too much of a track record of getting it done. And you and I agree, peak Aaron Rodgers, which he's not. I admit he's not peak Aaron Rodgers anymore. But peak Aaron Rodgers, if you took every quarterback throughout the history of the NFL. At the height of their abilities, Aaron Rodgers might be the best quarterback to ever step on a football field. Not resume. I'm not saying he's had the greatest career of any quarterback that's ever stepped on a football field. But if you just plucked a guy at the peak of his abilities and 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 just went on the skills and, and the things that they can do on a football field, Aaron Rodgers might be the greatest to ever do it. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I so don't. how? How on earth? Can I sit here today and say I need to win a football game? Give me Kirk Cousins over Aaron Rodgers because I just can't because right now if we look at if we look at the evidence in front of us right now forget it, it, 
what Aaron Rodgers did five years ago, what Aaron Rodgers did in 2009, 2010, 2011, that doesn't factor in to this discussion right here, which is Kirk Cousins is in his physical prime. Aaron Rodgers is not. Kirk Cousins is more accurate statistically by a mile in 2019 than Aaron Rodgers is. Kirk Cousins gains more chunks of yardage through the air per pass attempt than Aaron Rodgers does. That's another one, too. Uh, Aaron Rodgers last night, did you see his, I know it's one game, it was maybe the worst game of his career. Aaron Rodgers' average depth of completion was like minus .5 yards or something. Like Even his completions were behind the line of scrimmage, and uh, and players had to do the work for him. So everything you laid out, which is resume and legacy, would lead you to say, oh my God, you uh, for sure you'd one I'm not all I'm the not chips on the table. He's far enough removed from that that I would take Kirk Cousins today to win me a football game over Aaron Rodgers. But I will throw in one more number to help your case. I read this number on Score North Live earlier today. He did not complete a pass yesterday over ten plus air yards. He was zero for eight when he tried to throw the football yeah. more than ten yards through the air. Good luck driving down the field needing a win when you're uh, when your guys you can't dinking, throw the ball more than ten yards. Yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers will never be able to do that again. By the way, this might shock you, but uh, Packer fans are turning on him too. This courtesy no. of the fan in Milwaukee's Green no. and Gold postgame show. It is Packer Vent Line. Go, Pack, go! This guy is always the smartest guy in the room. He's been in the league for 15 years. He should know what's coming pre-snap. How do you miss? I mean, that was so obvious, and you've got so which which tells me that he was already locked in or glued into a play right. that he was going to run anyway, regardless. Right. This goes what we're saying all along: as this guy just doesn't read defenses. This guy is just going to do his own damn thing when he feels like it, when he wants to, and nobody is holding him accountable for this. It's so weird. I was literally just sitting in a room with that guy who you just heard. (laughs) Go, Pat, go! I'm not sitting here blaming Aaron Rodgers specifically, but I'm saying that there were times tonight where, again, they're looking downfield for for Devontae when other guys are open. Saw it. And it just... And they even put it up. They put four guys besides Devontae at one point on the television. Say, look at all these guys. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers taking a sack. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it is mind-numbing. Go, Pat, go! <laughs> it's just hilarious every time. It's just hilarious every time. <laughs> the angst. I was just in studio with the guys, just hanging out, eating lunch while they were doing the show. And I, I've almost hit record on my phone to try and get some, uh, I don't know. Uh, down low Packer vent line without them knowing what I was doing. But they're actually today they're kind of calm and 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 reserved over what happened last night. They've already they've already cooled their jets wow. over that loss so last are they, night a are, little bit. Are they at peace over the season well, coming to when a I, when I was in there they were doing an interview and then uh they were playing uh a little bit of Matt LaFleur's press conference. So the emotions weren't really flowing. I picked a bad window to go and and, and sit in the studio with the guys. It, there wasn't really a lot of emotion flowing. That that could have completely changed by now for all I know, but... I'm glad you brought up Matt LaFleur's name. Mm -hmm. Go, Pat, go! They're not ready for this stage. Uh, I wanted to see. I didn't know for sure I wanted to see. But they're not ready for the stage. And not just the players. LaFleur looked like an understudy. Shanahan pretty much uh, coached circles around him.
for the most part. He, he looked like he was confused. I don't know if he was allowing Rodgers to get stuck in his own ways or, or his game plan coming off a bye week was absolutely terrible. One or the other. Go, Pat, go! Everyone's so lax to criticize Rodgers. He was awful tonight. In my opinion, he was the worst player on the, uh, on the Packers. He, he's got to start trusting people. He's so friggin' smart for his own good. He can't trust people. He's got happy feet. I think you're seeing a quarterback severely on the decline. His numbers this year are average at best compared to the rest of the league. Sure, he doesn't. Well, he did turn the ball over today. I mean, I'm, he, granted, yes, I, I, it's hard to say that he lost the game, and that's probably a ridiculous statement, but he was awful tonight. Can't uh, can't disagree with that last call that was, there on Packers. No, that was line. literally as bad as I've seen Aaron Rodgers look last night. That was the that might have been the worst performance I've seen from Aaron Rodgers, and the numbers back it up. Yeah, that was th- brutal. Three yards per attempt last night for that Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely brutal. Honestly, if you're you know you're a Vikings fan, bye week, kick the feet up, watch some Red Zone Channel, maybe maybe even just hang out with the family for the first time in like two and a half months because the Vikings aren't playing. You have to feel really, really good about where the Vikings stand in the NFC and in the NFC North right now, especially compared to where things were at after that Chicago game. When you're sitting 2-2 two and two and the sky is falling and Stefan Diggs has left the team for two days and Kirk Cousins is apologizing through the media to Adam Thielen, um, to say that the Vikings were going to rattle off six out of seven wins, Aaron Rodgers is going to look like that twice in three weeks because he looked like that again against the Chargers a couple weeks ago. And the Bears and the Lions would have fallen completely out of the race. This is a good week to be a Vikings fan with the biggest game of the season, Rami, on the horizon on Monday night, too, one week from tonight. But that being said, and I'm not here to rain on your parade, Phil Mackey, and Lord knows I take great joy in Packers' misery. That also tells you how quick things can turn. Because it was just week four when the Packers were looking like world beaters. Everybody thought that defense is for real. Aaron Rodgers is heating up. And the Vikings just lost to the Bears. Kirk Cousins looked like a high school football player out there. And our season is over. That tells you how quick things can turn around. And there's still five weeks left in the NFL season for things to turn back around the other way. So I wouldn't quite count Aaron Rodgers and the Packers out just yet. Now the Bears and the Lions... You can go ahead and count them out of the division race all you want because uh, that would be an accurate assessment if you yes. counted them out of the division race. But I, I, I don't think it's it's fair or safe to count out the Green Bay Packers because of what we saw last night. Uh, so that's Rami. He's in em- enemy territory right now. He's uh, doing the show for the next couple of days and also Score North Live from uh, the fan in Milwaukee, which is where we get our great Packer event line content from organically every time they lose a football game, which has only been three times this year. Now, if you want to chime in, do you think, am I right on this? Is Kirk Cousins right now better than Aaron Rodgers? 651-646-8255. Later on this hour, we'll check in with Jason Fitz, our friend from ESPN's Countdown to College Game Day. Now that that's officially coming here to the Twin Cities on Saturday, Tom Pelissero with some NFL insights at the top, but... Uh, we got a friend on hold here, Robbie Makloff. Oh. Let's go to Randy in Cottage Grove. Randy, Randy. what's happening, man? Uh, well, uh, it, you, uh, you asked if it's uh, a good week to be a Vikings fan. It's, all, it, it's always a good week to be a Vikings fan. It, it, we, it's a season long, 50 weeks a year, or whatever it is, 52 weeks a year. It's always good. 
No doubt, Randy. No doubt. Yeah. So what did you do this, with, with, with no Vikings football this weekend, though? Did you uh, did you grind some film? What'd you do? Did you put together a stud stable this week with no Vikings game? Well, I, well, I I actually did. Uh, well, first of all, I, I sticking with the pro game. Uh, I did watch Green Bay last night. They're not very good. I mean, they're they're they got loads of weaknesses on their defense. We can exploit them. And you want to talk about who's going to be better, Kirk or or uh, a Raj the rest of the way? It's Kirk. He's 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 incredible. I mean, he's just had such a good year. Uh, the way that he has matured as a leader, as a pro, Kirk, you're doing okay. Okay, we are we are right behind you. You like but that? We, you like that? Who who is this? Well, that was Kirk. Oh, okay. But this is, you know, this week uh, was, of course, the bye, as, as they call it. And um, I did tune into a little bit of the uh, the Gophers game. And um, wow. that was that was entertaining. I, I got to say, I can't believe they, they have a loss on their record because they looked like uh, unstoppable, okay? Uh, I, I caught a little bit of that... Uh, that offense, and they are just uh, they're humming, okay. And and what I did is to kind of stay sharp. I I went ahead and threw together a little stud stable uh, of the amateurs. If you guys can wow. uh, play play the music and I'll a do gopher my wow, you have a, you have a gopher football stud stable. Sure. Are you ready? Cue up the music, Jonathan. All Born right. ready, Randy. What's that, Jeff? Okay. Uh, Golden Gophers versus Northwestern. Randy's stud stable. Tyler Johnson. The stud. Tanner Morgan. Didn't think you were going to play. You ended up strapping it on. And you're a stud. Rashad Bateman. This is a guy who's going to play on Sundays. He caught a couple of big balls. Just stud. Shannon Brooks. I like what I see. Just stud. Such a stud. Rodney Smith. That is another guy who could absolutely play on Sundays. He's a stud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's switch over to the defense. Please do. Here's a familiar name. For those of us who watched his old man in purple, Antoine Winfield Jr. It's a stud. Here's another name that rattles around the chambers of football minds. It's Thomas Barber. He's a stud. Such a stud. Yeah. How about another guy on the line? A guy by the name of Carter Coughlin. He's got a nose for the QB. And he's a stud. Oh, yeah. Randy, uh, Sam Randy, 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 how big is this gopher stud here's stable? A, here's a guy who's definitely going to be playing football beyond his time at the University of Minnesota. Randy. He's a stud. Uh, Randy. And then I got to talk about the coach. All right. We're going to have to fade him out again. This happens every week. Oh, that's good. PJ yeah. We'll say goodbye to Randy there. All righty. At least he's staying sharp, I guess. <laughs> Every week now. Apparently, apparently, Randy in Cottage Grove is uh, just going to call in every week and call for music. He's still going. 
He's still going. Yeah, I know. I can hear him. I guess I can hear the phone feed long after you do. He's still going. Randy is still going. Is this going to be every week? We have to fade out Randy while he goes through his stud stable. I like I like I like the uh, the the feature. I think it's a very good idea, and I like Randy. But man. We only have so much time. It's got to tighten it up. Tighten, the stud stable needs stable to be downsized. Up. I don't know how many stalls are in this stable, but it needs to be downsized. <laughs> All righty. Mackie and Joe with Rami on Score North <laughs> and the Score North app. Uh, Rami, when uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little, little Gophers. We're going to get Jason Fitz in. College game day is officially coming to town. If the Gophers can pull off this win on Saturday for the Axe, how does it change things for the program? And if you want to call in, and you want to call me a moron for saying Kirk Cousins is better right now than Aaron Rodgers? The phone lines are open, 651-646-8255. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd back tomorrow. Rami out in Milwaukee uh, at the fan. Thanks to them for uh, lending Rami a studio. Let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company for a brief moment here. Federated has been helping business owners for over 100 years, based in Owatonna, Minnesota, And Federated, in addition to being a Minnesota-based company and helping Minnesota-based business owners and business owners around the country, they're also a proud sponsor of U of M Athletics. And uh, they've been donating thousands and thousands of dollars to many great causes, but turnovers for kids is the cause that they have picked here with the Gophers. So every time the Gophers force a turnover, boom, $1,000 from Federated to a great cause. And they might need a turnover or two against the Badgers this weekend. So Federated, you can find out more about the industries they protect, and you can find out more information about your Federated marketing representative by going to their website, federatedinsurance.com, and uh, find out why a lot of people have been getting peace of mind as business owners because of their partnership with Federated. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Make sure to download the Score North mobile app and register for listening rewards because this month, one lucky app user, they will win $200, a $200 Visa gift card just for having said Score North mobile app. All you got to do is download the app, register the app, and enter through listening rewards, and you have your chance to win a $200 Visa gift card. Again, just for having the Score North mobile app. Gophers get a big win over the weekend over Northwestern. Pretty easy considering how bad Northwestern is. How did B.J. Fleck respond? Well, I'll have him tell you. Well, it's quite an accomplishment when everybody picked us to be sixth in the West. You know, and I think that's, uh, you know, you kind of go by where people pick you from the outside. And you know what kind of team you have. And I remember telling everybody in January, I said, I really like this football team. Can't promise you what they're going to do. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I really like this football team. Uh, this is the first 10-win regular season since 1905. This is the first seven-win regular season in the history of our school in the conference. Think about that for one second. Why don't you think about that for one second? That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Yeah, all right. Judd back tomorrow. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami out in enemy territory. He's doing the shows from the next from uh, Milwaukee the next couple days, hanging out with family. And uh, we're going to get Jason Fitz in the mix here in about five or six minutes or so to preview college game day coming to town, Rami. I know you're not going to be here, and uh, we'll have to send you pictures and videos, but it's going to be super fun, and I think as exciting as that Penn State atmosphere was and 
as much of a buzzkill as it was in that moment for college game day to choose Alabama LSU because it was a number one, number two matchup. I think it works out better this way. I think it's it's a it's a bigger game. It's a better rivalry game. There's more on the line. Um, it's a holiday weekend, so it makes it a little bit weird. And some of the forecasts that are coming in, it looks like we're going to get a blizzard, maybe two blizzards this week. Bring it so on. That's going to be a thing. Love it. But it'll be also an amazing theater setting if there's a blizzard and the Gophers are beating Wisconsin for the Axe and a trip to the Big Ten Championship game. So I Wait, mean, just, we're expecting a blizzard during that game to hit there in Minnesota? They, there's going to be... There's going to be a lot of slow, uh, snow tomorrow night, and then it looks like there's going to be yeah, another front that, that comes in this weekend, and they're trying to figure out when it's going to dump more snow. I got out of Dodge just in time, man. You got, y'all are about to get, what, like six inches? Well, it's coming your way towards We're not getting as after. heavy. Not as heavy as what you guys are getting. <laughs> you just kind of just delayed the inevitable. Yeah, Maybe. it'll just be like one day later, and <laughs> yes. uh, you'll be getting snow, too. You'll be trying to drive works. back through that blizzard. Oh, great. <laughs> so, no, you didn't nice. escape. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. I was just feeling good about myself. <laughs> Poor Rami. Poor guy, man. But I think, you know, I think this is, I don't want to put too much pressure, because this, this program is headed in the right direction, whether they win or lose this game on Saturday. But the amount, Rami, to which you can expedite the process of getting your program officially to that next level is pretty huge this weekend. National spotlight on the game, national spotlight on the campus, on the coach, on the program. And this game is a gatekeeper to your first back-to-back uh, capturing of the axe since 1994, according to Manny's research earlier. It's a it's a gatekeeper to the Big Ten Championship game and to your first Rose Bowl since, like, 1960. So this game means that you know, if you lose this game, does it mean that your program takes steps backwards? No, it's still going to be a huge season, 10 regular season wins for the first time. Uh, but, you know, this, there's, a, there's a huge step to be made on Saturday for this program if they can pull it off. How, how, I, don't, I, I hate to go down this road, but I feel like Gophers fans have set their expectation at, at a certain level, mm-hmm. or at least their, their hopes at a certain level. And you, you all knew that playoff wasn't a real possibility for most of this season. I mean, it's, it's still in the cards in, in some way, shape, or form. If you believe what experts say about the college football playoff, I don't believe that they have a chance to get in there. But I don't think that was ever really on your radar. That was more of a pie-in-the-sky type of dream. And if it, ever, if it ever happened, then great, it happened. I feel like you guys have your heart set on on at least a Rose Bowl, though. It, if they lose this game and the Rose Bowl hopes go away, like really, how how great a season is it in your eyes as a fan? When when you look back on this season, how will you look back on this season? Will it be something that you 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 look back on and remember and cherish as one of the great Gopher seasons that you've ever seen, or another one where they they got your hopes up and then fell short of expectations and let you down? Compliments to you. That's a really good question. Take a Thank bow. You. I like that Thank question. You. I appreciate it. Um, Patting myself on the back right now. If they lose this game, let's even go apples to apples, okay? Let's say they blow a lead in the second half, because the game we talk about all the time is the Michigan game from 2003. And why you got to do that? I'm just Let me just paint this. Let's exercise. The, let's talk about this stuff. Let's talk about this stuff. Okay, this is therapy for Gopher fans. All right? The biggest difference between this season and let's say the 2003 season, well, number one, that Michigan game was earlier in the year, but the biggest difference would be going into that 2003 season, the expectation was Rose Bowl. 
that you had three NFL running backs on your roster. You had a couple NFL offensive linemen. You were running the ball down teams' throats. The program had been crescendoing since 1999. It was like a four-year, kind of up and down, but mostly a four-year crescendo of building a roster. Glenn Mason, uh, you know, a half decade in as the coach or more. And so the expectations going into the season were high, and then the rug was pulled out from underneath, and they wind up in a Sun Bowl instead. This season, the expectations were nowhere near Rose Bowl, college football playoff flirtation. I mean, those are the things we're talking about going into December right now, Rose Bowl and college football playoff, which is absurd to me. So I just think if they lose on Saturday... I still think the, the the overall snapshot of the season is a wild success relative to what you thought was going to happen in August or September. I think everyone was kind of looking at the week schedule. I even said, you know, 9 and 3 would be a really solid season. Week schedule, take advantage, take a step up uh and and go from there. And but so, didn't you reset expectations and and I mean That's goals. what I'm struggling with. I'm 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 putting goals in quotations because you're not out on the field. So setting goals for what other people should accomplish right. is kind of weird. But my favorite thing to do, yeah. <laughs> expectations and goals for this for this Gophers season didn't they, didn't you at some point reset as the season was being played out? That's it. It's, it. You're going you're going back to August and September when the season was starting and what you were hoping for or expecting then. Right. At no point in the season did you go. Oh no! This is a this is a better football team and a better program than what I thought it was two or three months ago. Now my expectations are X, my, yeah. and and my my hopes, my the ceiling for this team is Y, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yes and no. I think I think you do reset expectations. I mean, Rami, it's a little bit like the twin season, right? Going into the twin season. Now you and I th- thought division, mm-hmm. but once once you saw, I didn't oh, think 101 wins though. Correct or break the home run record, like the, right. the, the things that they wound up doing. It was a lot of gravy. It was just it was a lot of house money that they were playing with, and I think the Gophers are playing with a lot of house money. So I'm caught between. I want to reset expectations. I want the new expectations to be Rose Bowl, to be Big Ten Championship game, uh, but I also don't want to get caught in one of the most unexpectedly uh, exciting Gopher football seasons of all time. Forget about my lifetime of all time. Somehow shaming them if they finish ten and two. And still playing a New Year's Day ball, right? I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't want to be the sports fan that I want to hold. I want to hold them to high standards, but I also want to celebrate an amazingly fun and unexpected run that has given us a lot of joy. The go for football normally doesn't give us. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're trying to get to the point where you can legitimately be disgusted and disappointed with them falling short of the Rose Bowl. Like, with, <laughs> right. if they if they get to that point, that's a real good program. Where you're like, man, screw this team. <laughs> they can get to the Rose Bowl. What kind of garbage is that? Right. But that's isn't the that, point you're trying to get to. But I think what what we're talking about here is the ultimate. It's it's the plight of a sports fan. You know, you there's there's so many sports fans and so many markets even that. It's Super Bowl or bust, and there's no other joy in being a sports fan. I think there's a lot of Yankees fans out there that if they don't win a World Series, it's a failed season, and people are pissed off, and people need to be held accountable. And while I think you have to have some sort of level of high expectation, fans and media, so that you do hold ownership and front offices accountable or athletic directors and coaches accountable, you also don't want to just miss out on enjoying moments. And that's kind of where I'm at with this. I I want them to win. 
and I think it would move the program forward. I don't think it would be a crippling loss, but I think it would be a buzzkill to, to 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 beat Penn State the way that you did and then lose uh, to Iowa and Wisconsin. So I guess in you know, to long winded way of answering your question, it would be a disappointment if they didn't beat Wisconsin this weekend. I think they should beat Wisconsin this weekend. But I also think they have really good things on the horizon in the next two or three years, regardless of what happens in this game against Wisconsin. All right. I'll, so, I'll remember that. Yeah. And, I'll remember that. And our guy, uh, we're, we're, we'll track down our guy, Jason Fitz, here. He's a traveling man and will be in town later this week. But real quick, before we get to Jason Fitz, yeah. you know that it's bad in Chicago. And I'm going to rub salt in your wound here. What do you mean in Chicago? My team won yesterday. You we're going to do this today? When, today of all days, we're going to do this? When your team when your team wins and Bears vent line is still a thing. No, no, what? No, I didn't know. This works with the run now. It's, it's beyond belief. And you got to say, oh, well, don't go crazy and say, oh, you know, they won, they won. Hey, folks, what are you trying to do? What, are you, what is the objective? To wallow around with a bunch of pigs and finally find a way to win? Or be a, a, a dominant team that is willing and able to, to vie for championships? This thing today, it was a joke. <laughs> now, I don't disagree with Dan here. WGN in Chicago. But at the same time, we were just talking about resetting expectations with the Gophers. That was moving in one direction. I've reset my expectations for the Bears. This ain't a great football team. They're not going to win a lot of football games. They're also not going to lose enough to get a high draft pick, which would be great. But that ain't going to happen. And they don't even have their first-round draft pick. They traded that for Khalil Mack. (laughs) So at this point, like I'm just taking... Now, it was a tough game to watch. I walked away from that game not entertained and kind of disgusted with just the quality of football. But, hey, man, they won, and that makes me happy. And I am sitting here today in my uh, Bears gear, as I am every Victory Monday. Congratulations. Thank Congratulations. you, sir. Uh, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to be happy about there it. There may or may not be more where that came from, and there's still an hour Shocker. and 15 minutes left in the show. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Uh, Judd back tomorrow. We threw out the question, should you reset expectations for the Gophers? Where are you at? going into this game on Saturday for the Axe and for a trip to the Big Ten Championship game for a division title, 651-646-8255. Mark in South Dakota, you're on the show. Hey, fellas, how's it going today? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We're sending cold weather your way. Um, well, thank you so man, much. <laughs> I, I, you're so welcome. I grew up almost on the border with Minnesota, and so I've been a Gophers fan you know, for a long, long time, since Kevin Lynch and, and before. Um but I have great expectations and hopes for the Gophers because someday they're going to get to the point in their program where they're going to be strong enough to feel comfortable scheduling NDSU so that they can get another sellout at the bank. <laughs> wow. Look at you right now. <laughs> Mark just calls into troll. Is that what you did? You just called into troll. Patrick, Patrick Royce is my hero, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, Mark. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling. It. Um, well, I mean, you guys like dedicated a whole segment to trolling me, and you're upset that somebody called in to troll you. Wait a minute, we didn't you, dedicate a whole segment like to trolling. Okay, not a whole segment, a portion of a segment. It and in the like, past, it, it has like ninety been, seconds. It, it's been an entire segment in the past. Don't act like it hasn't. <laughs> it's like ninety seconds. We could do more. Six five one six four six eight two five five. You want to if you want to uh, troll Rami too. That's that's. <laughs> <laughs> also open for business. That's always an option. <laughs> By the always way, real quick on that on that on that win over Northwestern. So 
Uh, I can't remember the name of the quarterback that actually came in and started uh-huh. for Northwestern, but yeah. like our guy was it Aiden Smith? Was that the Aiden guy that we Smith, were making yes. fun of? Yes. Okay, like why didn't they just go to the other quarterback earlier in the season? Because he seemed to have no problem at times moving the football. Could have saved our guy Aiden Smith a lot of headache this season, Rami. Yeah, this guy looked like he could uh, throw it more than four yards. It's always a it's always a good prerequisite. <laughs> it's a good prerequisite for playing quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. To, uh, that's never a bad thing to have. Jeff and Bethel, what's going on, Jeff? Well, I just have been listening to you guys over the last couple weeks. You guys kind of cracked me up. It really, Randy cracks me up. But anyways, back with the Gophers, you know, I've lived in Minnesota for the last 26 years. And to reset the expectation, I think you should. But if they can get to a New Year's Day bowl game, that's awesome. But really... We want to see the Rose Bowl. And not only the Rose Bowl that we want to see, if they can beat Wisconsin this week and then play Ohio State and somehow beat Ohio State, boy, wouldn't you think that they, they've got to be in the name. But I've been listening to you guys, like I said, over the last few weeks, and because we're Minnesota, we say no. There's just no opportunity there. But, hey, I, I think uh, – a Rose Bowl, at least a Rose Bowl. We need it. Yeah, Jeff, you bring up a couple really good points. Thank you for calling, and uh, feel free to call back again sometime. 651-646-8255. So, Rami, I think you've been banging the drum the entire season. Well, ever since the Gophers you know, started 6-0, and 7-0, and and they became a near-daily conversation here. And you've been saying, uh-uh, brand bias. Yes. They got one loss. There's no way, especially if... Alabama has one loss, and Oregon has, well, Oregon now has two losses, and so you can kiss their season goodbye. But So here's where I disagree with you. The committee really likes Penn State. The committee has, at every opportunity, the committee put Penn State fourth before the Gophers game, and the Gophers knocked them down to 10th, and then the committee put Penn State eighth above the Gophers, even though the Gophers beat them head-to-head. So the committee really likes Penn State. The Gophers have a win against Penn State. The committee also really likes Ohio State uh, because Ohio State's awesome and they're just always one of the best programs in the country. Ohio State played Penn State pretty close, thus sort of validating Penn State's existence in the top 10 and at one point in the top five. So if the Gophers, and this is a big if, you got to beat Wisconsin first, but if the Gophers were to go in and beat both Penn State and Wisconsin and Ohio State, all three teams that the committee thinks very highly of, They'd have to do some amazing mental gymnastics to not put the Gophers in their four-team college football playoff. So I get what you're saying, but the Gophers will have earned their spot if they win these next two games. You think if they win out? 100%. They're going to the playoff. I do. If if they beat Wisconsin, they go on to the Rose Bowl. Or, excuse me, they beat Wisconsin and they go on to to the Big Ten Championship and beat Ohio State. You think they're going to the playoff? Yes, because at that point, so there, so let's assume Clemson finishes undefeated, and let's assume LSU runs the table, finishes undefeated. Those would be the two undefeated teams that automatically get in. So now we're talking about two other spots. Well, Ohio State, let's just go, let's just go tail the tape here. Ohio State would have lost to Minnesota, and both would have one loss. Mm-hmm. The Gophers would be above Ohio State in that circumstance. So Ohio State would not be in in the discussion anymore, unless they're going to keep two Big Ten teams. I'm trying to pull up the uh, the rankings right now to see who they would slide in to screw over the uh, the Gophers because it would be somebody. Let's say it was between Alabama and the Gophers. Well, the Gophers by that point would have had another. The Gophers' best win, Ohio State, would be better than Alabama's best win, 
And the Gophers' worst loss was on the road against Iowa. Uh, so not even a terrible loss, even though Alabama's loss was to LSU. So I just think, I, I hear you in other circumstances, but because about, o- Ohio State okay. would be the team they're knocking out of the playoff, they'd be taking Ohio State's spot. But Oklahoma and Utah both have one win each. If if they win out, they're currently ranked ahead of the the Gophers. So I think that they would get a spot, even if even if this scenario that you're talking about played out. If those two teams went out, I think that they get in. And I wouldn't be surprised if you put Alabama in with one or two wins ahead of the Gophers, based on brand bias and the sham that the college football playoff and the NCAA at large is. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Andrew and Shakopee, we're talking Gophers right now. What's going on, Andrew? Not much, guys. Uh, this is an exciting time to be a Gopher fan. I haven't really been following it much the last couple of years because of, well, we just haven't been too competitive. Uh, so, of course, we're going to hope they went out, and we'll see what the committee says. But I, I'm always a guy that's always kind of looking to the future, and I, I haven't been following this team as closely as everybody else. I know Tyler Johnson's a senior. I know Bateman's a sophomore. I know Winfield's a redshirt sophomore somehow, fourth-year sophomore. Can you tell me, like, what our lineup's going to look like next year, kind of look to the future a little bit? Uh, what's Morgan? I Do we have any offensive linemen we're going to lose? Can you just kind of touch on that a little bit? Sure. So I don't know enough about the offensive line to tell you how many of them are underclassmen. I do know that the Gophers have one of the youngest teams of, of all the – the actual Power 5 contenders, the Gophers, have a really young roster. And Rami Tanner Morgan is a sophomore. They're starting quarterback who's putting up ridiculous numbers. And he's not going to get, I don't think he's going to get legit Heisman consideration because there's just too many guys at the top of that food chain. But when you have a quarterback who's been that steady, and in theory he has two more years to get better too, and he's a great leader by all accounts behind the scenes, that's uh, that's going to be a, a pretty rare thing for Gopher football fans to see. I mean, we've seen four-year quarterbacks. We've seen senior quarterbacks before, but we haven't seen guys who were this good at sophomores and this great of leaders also get their junior and senior season. And that, if you go back to what P.J. Flex formula was at Western Michigan to go from like one win in his first year to going toe-to-toe with Wisconsin in the Cotton Bowl a couple years ago, that was freshman quarterback that rose up and was a senior uh, during that stretch. And so I think it's part of P.J. Flex formula that, that Tanner Morgan... Sticks around for uh, junior and senior year and puts up big numbers. I've been super impressed with Tanner Morgan, man. I, I I really have. I didn't know a lot about the kid before I I came up here and started watching that football team. And from what I hear, and you you could tell me, Mackie, if this is true or not, he looks like a different quarterback than he was his his freshman year in Minnesota. And I heard him talking about the fact that in the off season he went and worked with the same. Uh, biomechanics coach as Dak Prescott and a couple of other guys work with and really changed his throwing motion and a lot a lot more of it is coming from from down below from the hips and from his legs and I'm just I'm really impressed by his decision making I'm impressed by the throws that he's able to make looks to have a really good arm I mean I I, I did not think that the Minnesota Golden Gophers were going to have a quarterback that good when I came yeah. up to Minnesota and started covering this team. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, you got a PJ Fleck. You look at some of the work he did at Western Michigan, and I, I, I jokingly, but not jokingly, tweeted out wide receiver you uh, after Rashad Bateman's third touchdown reception. I mean, they these guys are going to pump out for sure two NFL wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Maybe an NFL running back in the mix. I don't know if Rodney Smith gets drafted or, but I could see Rodney Smith playing in the NFL. 
Um, I, I, I think, I think, I think Rashad Bateman is a first round draft pick and maybe even a top 15 pick. And I think Tyler Johnson's probably like a third or a fourth round pick. And at Western Michigan, Corey Davis was drafted, what, fifth overall by, uh, the Tennessee Titans. And, and, and he was the star product wide receiver that PJ Fleck pumped out. So there's a track record here with quarterbacks and wide receivers. They know what they're doing. His staff knows what they're doing, developing these guys. And I, I think, once you get that reputation, it makes it easier for if there's if there's if there's a, a a future Rashad Bateman out there, a high school superstar, and he's being recruited by other big time programs. If your program has a history of sending guys like that to the NFL, all of a sudden now you've got recruiting momentum. So right, long winded way of answering the last caller's question there. Um, they by just having the season that they're having and by likely putting Rashad Bateman in the NFL and seeing Tanner Morgan develop, it makes the program and the developmental process more appealing for future 17-year-old kids. Because that's that's definitely something that, that, that kids look at when they're being recruited, Phil. And that, that's why you see certain schools being pipelines for certain positions. Here, I'm, I'm sitting here in Wisconsin, and, and the University of Wisconsin, the Badgers program, has become a factory for offensive linemen and for running backs. And that's because you churn out one or two of those who's pretty successful at the NFL level, and other kids, they take notice Schools come a calling. They go, wait, you put you put four or five offensive linemen in the NFL in the last five years, and and they're starting and doing well. This looks like a this looks like a program I I might want to play for if if I'm an offensive lineman. You see, Ron Dane start the the basically revolving door of all American running backs at the University of Wisconsin. If you're a running back, Wisconsin looks like an appealing place to be. So if Tanner Morgan is the real deal, and you have two NFL. Caliber wide receivers, you can start if you can capitalize on this. You can start that same type of revolving door and and be a pipeline for for NFL talent here as well. That absolutely matters in record in, in recruiting. Just to read a couple of tweets here before we get to Tom Pelissero from NFL Network, Pelissero's NFL Insights. We'll talk some Vikings. We'll run my Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers take by him and see if he thinks I'm a moron. But uh, uh, Corbett tweets into the show at Phil Mackey at Rami is tweeting at Jay Zolgad. I hate reset expectations, quote-unquote. Once they meet or exceed original expectations, everything should be bonus. If you can, if you constantly raise expectations, you end up disappointed. I'm enjoying this ride. Nothing will make this season a failure. Uh, beer by the Numbers tweets in. That's a great handle, by the way. Beer by the Numbers. Really good. Win or lose Saturday, we'll always remember this gopher season for the stories. In an era where college football feels dirty with pay scandals and tons of money, P.J. Fleck brings positivity and great stories like Tanner Morgan and Casey O'Brien, a model for college football. That's kind of where I'm leaning. I'm, I'm leaning much more toward everything is, is house money at this point. I do think they should beat Wisconsin. I do think they will beat Wisconsin. I will be disappointed if they don't beat Wisconsin. It doesn't ruin the season for me, though, Rami. Can we go back to that first tweet you read, the guy who said, I hate resetting expectations? Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that isn't that the normal and natural thing? I, I saw Richard Sherman earlier this year when, when the 49ers got on a little bit of a roll, and he was like, hey, man, if you picked us to win six or seven games, six or seven games at the start of the season, don't change your mind now. Don't back out now. Stick by what you said. And I was like, that's kind of a... 
That's kind of a stupid thing to say, Richard Sherman. When presented with new information and new data and, and everything else that you can look at over the course of a season, isn't it isn't it normal for you to change your position on something? Like if I just dug my heels in and I was like, No, this is how good this football team is <laughs> and no matter what I see on a football field, that's what I'm that's how good I'm gonna think this football team is. No, when you're presented with new information and and and, and new situations I think you can reevaluate and say this team is better than what I thought they were 10 or 12 weeks ago, and I expect more from them now. Is that what allowed you to move off your Martin Perez playoff caliber rotation yeah. arm take? Yep. Yes. I'm very, I'm very, very willing to change my mind if presented <laughs> yeah. with something to make me change my mind. I'm not somebody who's going to dig my heels in and say I was right no matter what I see. It's very, very adult of you. Very Thank adult you, of you. Yep. Thanks, man. Uh, you can tweet us at Phil Mackey, at Rami. I don't is have tweeting. many adult qualities. That's. That's actually the one. That's the only one? That's the only one. And you can cook. You can cook, too. I can cook. That's true. That's an adult quality. I guess. Tom Tom Pelissero's an adult. I don't know if he can cook, but he can talk football. That dude is an adult. That guy has a nice, clean-cut haircut. It's always tight. It's always well-dressed, at least from what we can see. At least above above the fold, above, know. above the waist, <laughs> above the waist. He's always very well dressed. He's well kept. the The well kept Tom Pelissero will join us when we come back. Talk about the Vikings standing in the NFC after interesting things this weekend. Packers got destroyed, so we'll talk about that. And uh, later on, we will uh, wrap with Royce as well. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. Now uh, on my way in, driving in my brand new 2019 Rav Four with Apple CarPlay and the Toyota Entune system, which turns my car into a smartphone. I was I was actually going through. So Bill Simmons has a new podcast called Book of Basketball 2.0, where they go through like the last ten or fifteen years of uh, of great basketball players. So I'm kind of hooked on that and two or three other podcasts and all of the Score North shows too on the Score North app, which I can just tap with my new Rav Four and that built in. Uh, dashboard. It's great. It turns, like I said, your car into a smartphone, basically. Hands-free, uh, voice command. Some of the new technology on these new Toyotas is just incredible. And Luther Brookdale Toyota is here to show you around that new technology and the safety features. Which, by the way, you're going to need those safety features because it's going to snow tomorrow night. And again, later in the week. And it's going to be a blizzard, probably. So, four-wheel drive and safety features are uh, highly recommended. Stop in, open until 9 o'clock tonight, ask for a test drive, and ask about the year-end deals on Tacomas, Highlanders, and RAV4. 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdale, Toyota.com. There, that's a good unit. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Shocking win. I mean, I, I think one of the most, if not the most impressive win of the entire season, what they did. To put it this way, this morning I'm Googling, what was Aaron Rodgers' career low in passing yards? It was against the Von Miller Super Bowl champ Broncos. He threw for 104 yards yesterday, guys. I went from thinking this Niners are a good story, maybe they can make the jump this year. They can win the Super Bowl this year. They really can, because they're going to have home field. The defense is that good. I've never seen Rodgers look that frustrated and that lost. It's been years. Unbelievable win. I'm going to say it. I think it's the most impressive win of this season. I do. That was from Good Morning Football this morning, NFL Network, where Tom Pelissero does fantastic work and brings us his NFL insights every single Monday at 5 o'clock. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd back tomorrow. Uh, Rami doing the show out in Milwaukee. And, man, I think people maybe were wavering a little bit on the Niners. Is Jimmy Garoppolo the real deal? And last night was a stamp on the NFC Tom Pelissero. And it, I think it makes a lot of people wonder about Aaron Rodgers going to turn 36 next week as well. 
Well, I think that you look over the course of the season, and it's not as if the Green Bay Packers offense has been this unstoppable force. I mean, they're not in the top 20 right now in yards. They're averaging like 23 points a game. It's really been the defense as much as anything that's driven them. You know, they got a lot of value out of Zedaria Smith and Preston Smith and Adrian Amos, uh, who they all signed in free agency. Obviously, some of the draft picks, the young corners playing better and better. That's the side of the ball that's really carried them. The offense has been a little bit stop and start. We know that uh, Devontae Adams missed a bunch of times with turf toe. I, I don't know that you draw broad conclusions about the future of Aaron Rodgers off a game like that. It just seemed like, you know, defensively, that was, um, you know, the best an opponent that's played against the Packers. I think that's fair to say. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, they ran into the same buzzsaw that a lot of other teams have run into. You know, they lost Brian Belaga within the game. That always hurts. Belaga, of course, has dealt with more injuries maybe than anybody in the NFL during his career. Um, but when he drops out, that makes an impact when you have those types of uh, edge rushers on the other end. And think about this, 49ers didn't even have D Ford last night. You add him to that mix of guys uh, led by Nick Bosa, who are come after the passer. They're a they're a dangerous, dangerous group. The corners are playing well. I mean, that 49ers defense, led by the coordinator Robert Sala, they really are uh, the real deal. And if they're able to run the football uh, the way that they have uh, at times this season, that's a that's a tough outcome. January. And and Aaron Rodgers certainly hasn't looked himself or like the guy that he was three or four years ago, Tom. But my my co-host here, Phil Mackey, twice now today, he said it once on the early afternoon show and then had time to think about it and actually did research to back it up, came back in the late afternoon show and said, Kirk Cousins right now, a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. And I even said, well, if, if you needed somebody to win you a football game today, is it Kirk Cousins or is it Aaron Rodgers? And he said, give me Kirk Cousins. I couldn't quite go that far just because of the track record and the sample size of Aaron Rodgers. And maybe maybe I'm getting caught up in, in the brand name of Aaron Rodgers. Is it is it crazy in your opinion to say that Kirk Cousins is the better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers right now? Statistically, Cousins uh, stacks up very favorably uh, at this point. I think that one thing you have to consider here is both those teams are running similar types of offenses. It's the same. Uh, it's the first year for both teams in that offense. But Cousins has a foundation and a background in it, going back to his days in Washington. You know, the track record largely has been. And of course, we look at you know what Sean McVay did in year one with Jared Goff. There certainly are exceptions to this, but. You know, in a timing and rhythm-based offense, it takes a little bit of time. And and when you see the Packers struggling as they have in a couple of games this year, it looks like the timing of absolutely everything is off. Everything just has to be so precise for that thing to go. I mean, I think that Aaron Rodgers still has the improvisational ability. He's not uh, getting more mobile, I don't think, at age 35, despite all the yoga and the other things that he does to, to keep himself in shape. But he certainly can move. You know, plenty well. He's still got plenty of arm strength, but you've also got a really young receiver group that they're still working with. And again, when the when the protection's not there, that limits you in terms of how much you can push the football down the field, which is something that we've seen Rodgers do well. I mean, draw it up in the backyard right now, that's probably a little bit different than who can execute this scheme better uh, for one game. And, and the payoff is on the other end of it. The payoff for Matt Ryan and other guys has been down the line once you master it. There are guys that are going to be open uh, in this offense. Last night, there just weren't. And by the way, it's, it's Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights here with with Mackie and Judd and Rami. Um, I my my opinion has nothing to do with 
the last 10 years of Aaron Rodgers and the legacy and I think Aaron Rodgers body of work is you could you could put it up there in terms of just how good he is at playing quarterback among anyone who's ever played but the fact that he's not in his physical prime anymore Cousins is Cousins is, when you go through you bring up you know the statistical side of it Tom when you start to go through some of the stats I mean Cousins He's number one in the NFL in traditional passer rating, number seven in QBR. He's number one in the NFL in on-target throw percentage. Uh, Rodgers is 20th. Cousins is fourth in yards per attempt. Rodgers is 16th. Uh, Cousins is third in touchdown rates. Rodgers is 16th. And I get that there's a team dynamic and everything you just mentioned. So maybe this is less of an... It's I guess it's two things. It's a little bit of an indictment on Rodgers, but it's also a huge testament to the way Cousins has played in the last six weeks or so, Tom. He's ripping it. I mean, that's what Cousins has done when he's been at his best in his career. See it and let the ball go. Sometimes that gets him in trouble, but you know, other times, again, in that rhythm and timing-based offense, that's a skill that you look for. Um, you know, I, I think you also look back, if you're making the comparison, I mean, when, when Rodgers was lighting up the Raiders and the Chiefs a few weeks ago, we weren't talking about him you know, being out of his physical prime. He looked pretty good uh, in that Raiders game when he had the perfect passer rating. You know, I think that he, he tend to get caught up in the moment sometimes when you're assessing quarterback play. But last night, I mean, plainly wasn't good enough to average 3.2 yards per attempt uh, and just struggle the way they did as an offense. Part of that is a function of just the offensive line was struggling. They were going to have a hard enough time with that front, and then the right tackle drops out. you got to change some things. And then once the game gets away from you, you can't ride Aaron Jones anymore. you got to put it on Rodgers' shoulders. That's a that's an unfavorable position for any quarterback to be in. Um, but we'll see, man. There's still another uh, meeting between these two teams on the calendar next month, and that uh, if that game is as meaningful as it seems right now like it is going to be, uh, that should be a pretty fun one at U.S. Bank Stadium. And, Tom, when we talk about the, the success and the improvement of Kirk Cousins, a lot of people point to, among other things, but point to Kevin Stefanski, the new offensive coordinator this year. And I threw out a scenario last week a couple times on the station that this this looks to be becoming an offensive football team. That seems to be their strength, their identity, their backbone, whatever you want to call it. And Mike Zimmer, obviously a defensive-minded head coach, and I said – if people come calling for Kevin Stefanski and he seems like the the new hot young offensive mind in the league and teams want him as their next head coach, you have to at least consider if you're the Vikings that you're an offensive football team now, your head coach is in his 60s and and maybe show him the door and just elevate Kevin Stefanski and hand the reins over to him as a head coach. Can you think of some kind of precedent for that? A team that wins 10-11 games but still moves in a different direction at head coach because they don't want to lose what they think is a bright young mind on their staff? Well, first of all, Rami, I'd love to see you say everything you just said to Mike Zimmer about them becoming an <laughs> offensive football team and pondering. I'm not going to do that. Uh, the scenario. <laughs> I just, Mike, Mike, Mike I want to run this by you, buddy. <laughs> it would be pretty fantastic. Mike was actually sitting a uh, row behind me on the plane last night. I was coming back from the uh, cover of the Bengals Steelers game in Cincinnati. You know, he's got his ranch over there, so. I uh, got a chance to catch up with him briefly after his uh, bye week break. No, I mean there are there are there's precedent for that. Um, one recent example was when the uh, Bucks fired Lovey Smith and elevated Dirk Cutter. Uh, that was a memorable one where they wanted to um, keep the you know the guy with the young quarterback. That was a big deal for them to a lesser degree, but there's some similarities. Uh, Freddie Kitchens being elevated in Cleveland. Uh, Kevin Stefanski is 
well-respected. He is really smart. He impressed in his interview last year for that Browns head coaching job to the point that they brought him back for a second interview. Um, you know, they were kind of committed to making Freddie the head coach, but in another world where you don't have an in-house candidate like that who's so close with Baker Mayfield, Stefanski well might be the guy there. I mean, I, knowing the relationship between the Wilfs and Mike Zimmer, it is a difficult scenario to envision. Let's still look at the, you know, the defensive statistics over the course of the season and really over the course of Mike Zimmer's tenure. He's had one of the best defenses year after year. It's, you know, the fact that you're even saying that this is now an offensive football team probably speaks to the fact that this would be the most balanced Vikings team that they've had. Even two years ago when they made that run to the NFC Championship game, it was a defensive team that just kind of needed Case Keenum to run around a little bit and make a couple of throws for him every game. You know, this team, because they're so solid with the running back, Delvin Cook, because they figured out how to accentuate, in most cases, the strengths of the offensive line and cover up the weaknesses, because they do have weapons, and because they've got a quarterback playing at a high level, um, taking nothing away from Kevin. You know, it's not all Kevin. They've, they've put a lot of pieces in place over a long time. They got the right scheme in place. They've got the right veteran coach, Gary Kubiak, to help install that offense. But this is Stefanski's baby. He's the play caller. Uh, he's doing it really well. And somewhere he's going to be in the mix for head coaching job in this offseason. I'd also like to just point out here, because there's, I feel like Mike Zimmer has gone into almost every season, the last three years anyways, with, is he on the hot seat? Is, you know, what's going to happen? Is this thing going to, so this is his sixth year as Vikings head coach. He's 55 35 and 1. That's an incredible record. His his train wreck season was 7 and 9. Train wreck in air quotes because it's not a train wreck. And I think that that's one thing that probably frustrates Vikings fans is right now Super Bowl is the only thing that is missing from the mantle, right? The Vikings are always competitive for the most part. They only have Tom, if you go back, if you get rid of the first 7 years of expansion, the Vikings only have like 5 seasons in which they had you know, three, four, or five wins. They've ne- the Cleveland Browns did that every year for 15 years until the last couple of years. So I would just be, I would need to know for sure what's behind door number two, and I would have to feel very strongly about it to say goodbye to a 55, 35, and one record. And I hope that people aren't just ready to, to, to jump off Mike Zimmer's bandwagon. Mike Zimmer has more wins than all but two head coaches in Vikings history, and the name of those two guys are on the walls of the stadium. That shows you within the context of Vikings history how good Mike Zimmer has been. Now, I think that some of the frustration, particularly among fans, and really, you know, even in, I'm sure, parts of the organization is just uh, they've had some inconsistencies. You know, the running joke has been, well, it's an odd-numbered year. This will probably be good. It's kind of the way that it's been. 2014, Adrian Peterson gets uh, suspended or put on the exempt list right off the bat. They make the quarterback change from Matt Castle to Bridgewater. Finish, I believe it was 7-9. and nine. 2015, they come back. You see everything working together. You can see him putting the stamp on the defense. That group gets better and better. Teddy's improving in his second year as the quarterback. Blair Walsh misses the kick. 2016, you come back. That season's a mess with, uh, you know, the injury to Bridgewater. They bring in Sam Bradford. He does his best, but it's an untenable situation. 17, another quarterback change. You go to uh, Case Keenum because Bradford gets hurt. You make the run the SC title game, getting your doors blown off. And then last year was the the big disappointment with Kirk Cousins uh, coming in. You know, the quarterback inconsistency, as much as anything, has influenced this. But you're in the, you are in the prime right now. This is the window. 
Mike Zimmer from day one has built that defense, and you need to have time and repetition in that defense to fully understand it. He's got guys in Anthony Barr and Harrison Smith who have been with him as long as just about anybody that he's been with. Anthony Barr has worn the helmet sticker longer than pretty much any linebacker uh, that Mike Zimmer has been with. Those guys are on a completely different level in terms of knowing defense. Uh, you don't want to disrupt that right now. The offense is continuing to make strides. Again, taking nothing away from Kevin Stefanski, I just don't know that you disrupt the fabric of your team. You've just got to hope you don't have some disaster situation. Everybody's knee stays intact. You play up to the level that you need to in the big games, unlike Week 17 last year, and you believe you're going to stay on this track record, get into the playoffs. They're relatively healthy, which makes it a great time to have a late bye there's no reason to think the Vikings are not primed to make a run here. They've just got to, you know, play up to the level of the opponents uh, when they need to, something that last year with a playoff berth on the line they did not do. And you can bet Zimmer as they get ready to head out there to Seattle. And then for those games they got coming up with Detroit and Green Bay and, and Chicago, he's going to be reminding them every, every single week, you can't have a performance like they did last year when everything was on the line. That is Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights with us every Friday, or every Monday, I should say, at 5 o'clock. Uh, where can people find you on NFL Network this week? Uh, thankfully, not a ton the next couple of days here. I do not have a Thanksgiving game, so thank you to Stacey Dales and everybody else uh, for taking that grenade. I will be hitting the road. I'll be at the Vikings on Friday and then hitting the road to Seattle. I will have all day preview coverage on NFL Network Monday leading up to that uh, big primetime tail with the Seahawks. Right on. All right, Tom. We'll talk next week, man. Sounds good, fellas. Cool. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Tom Pelissero. Uh Can we stay on this Mike Zimmer thing for a few minutes here? Because sure. I think the, yeah. this this is a it's a your uh, initial premise of I don't I don't disagree with your premise of if you think the hot coordinator younger uh, maybe more of a fit for the next five to eight years of the NFL. Um, you should you should consider those moves if they're in front of you. And Exhibit A is Minnesota Vikings 2006-2007. Brad Childress was hired to be the Vikings head coach in 2006. And I get how impossibly hard this would be to pull the plug after one year. But Mike Tomlin was his defensive coordinator. And after one year of being a defensive coordinator, Mike Tomlin started getting interviews. And mm-hmm. and the Steelers started sniffing around. And at first, it was actually, uh, it was sort of, not reported, but it was sort of speculated that Mike Tomlin was the Rooney Rule interview for the Steelers. But he impressed right. so much. I mean, that door opened for him, and he impressed so much, they gave him the job. And obviously, if you're a Vikings fan, Vikings and the Wilfs, Mike Tomlin probably would have been a better coach over the 10-year period uh, compared to Brad Childress. Although Brad Childress did help lead the Vikings to an NFC Championship game. I just think in this case, the only coaches with at least 40 games under their belt or more as head coaches, the only coaches with better winning percentages than Mike Zimmer right now are Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, and Sean McVay. And that's a pretty damn good list, Rami. That's a really good list. So does that mean that you're not interested in the scenario I'm laying out? I think you got to let this ride out. I, I, I honestly think you have to let this ride out until... It becomes more obvious. Till the wheels fall off. You're going to rock this bad boy till the wheels fall off. Because Collar, Collar talks about this all the time. And I, honestly, it's, it's the thing that made me start thinking about this, which is that the window for, for defensive football teams, for teams that are built 
on their defense, and that's the strength of their team, and that's that's what's going to get them wherever and however far it is that they're going. That window is much shorter and much smaller than it is for teams who build on a quarterback and an offensive-minded head coach and, and, and a high-powered offense. Those windows tend to stay open much longer. And quite honestly, when, when you look at what, what Mike Zimmer has accomplished, when I brought this up to Danny last week, he said, you know, the fail, he, he termed it as the failures of Mike Zimmer in allowing this defense to decline. And I said, well, I, I wouldn't even term it a failure more, more so than, just a natural progression of what happens with an NFL football team, and specifically an NFL football team that's built around defense. And really, if you look at it, the fact that Mike Zimmer has kept the window open for as long as he has, being a defensive football team, is is quite the accomplishment in and of itself. But you also have to wonder, how much longer can he continue to do that? How much longer can he keep this window open as a defensive football team? And if you think that window is is starting to close and you run the risk of losing a a good thing in the continuity that you have between Stefanski and, and Kirk Cousins, who you now have deemed better than Aaron Rodgers... I think you have to think about just closing that window and opening a new one as an offensive football team. But you can't be there. This is where people and teams make huge mistakes. When, when someone's a hot coordinator candidate, it's usually because they're great at scheming and game planning. And to some extent, I'm sure communicating and leading, but the communicating and the leading and the vision part of it, that's the head coach's job. And you, you find out the hard way real fast. If, if you hired a coordinator who's good at scheming or if you hired a leader, because once you go from offensive coordinator to head coach, guess what? You're not scheming as much as you used to. You're, you're, you're too busy orchestrating the 30,000 foot vision of the football team. So that's, that's one thing too that now has Mike Zimmer been perfect in that regard? Has he had some communication issues internally? Yes. Like Mike Zimmer, uh, there was a, there was a huge issue four years ago and it culminated on the field against Green Bay where, where guys were basically calling their own plays on defense and ignoring certain things. I remember and, that, yeah. And that was that was that a problem. Was but that was really ugly. But I think Mike Zimmer has gotten a lot better at that CEO aspect of being a head coach. And I just keep going back to, well, let me let me let me address uh, you and Danny uh, talking about. I think you used the word failure that you uh, when you guys were talking about uh, the defense this season. So I don't I don't think you can say that. A top 10 defense, as measured, by the way, by uh, points allowed. Let's just go off points allowed. The Vikings are a top 7 defense in the NFL points allowed. And I get that there's different ways to measure, but that's that's a pretty pretty standard way to measure defense. How many points are you giving up? Is sure. it a failure? Like, is, is the gap between where we thought they should be, which is, let's say, the third best defense, and where they really are, which is like 7th to 10th, is that a failure when your offense also takes a big step forward? You know, you're the head coach of a football team, and defense is your specialty, but if the team is better, that's where I have a problem with calling this season a failure defensively. It'll play out. if Listen, if they get to the playoffs, and now it's really time for the defense to step up, and that unit's the one that gives up 38 points to the 49ers in the second round of the playoffs or something, like, all right, let's talk about failure. But I wouldn't say that... I wouldn't say the Vikings have been a failure in that regard this season when they're eight and three and the offense has taken a step forward. The coach gets some credit for that too. Yeah, and that's again, I was I I was the one who said I think it's it's a bit too far to call this a failure, but there is there has certainly been a regression in Mike Zimmer's defense. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you agree to that? There has been yes, and and if if that's going to continue, 
And I don't see how it doesn't because you're locked into so many guys who are a part of the core of this defense, and you're locked into them to some extent contractually. I know there's always ways around that in the NFL who are in the either plateauing or in in the uh, the declining side of their career. I don't I don't know what what purpose it really serves to keep on riding Mike Zimmer till the wheels fall off i'd rather let go one year too early than one year too late sure it like what 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 if kevin stefanski leaves this year and i'm not saying that that is necessarily a a death knell or or a death sentence by any means you might just slide gary kubiak into there i saw a tweeter and matthew Collar brought this up earlier what if you what if pat Shermer is fired by the giants and you slide him back into the offensive coordinator thing there are ways i think to keep this offense chugging along and keep my Mike Zimmer at the top of this whole thing and calling the shots, but if 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 you're looking at in a year from now, after you let Stefanski go and and the offense takes a big step back, we're all going to be sitting here going, man, we probably should have cut 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 loose with Mike Zimmer a year ago instead of waiting until a year too late. You hear that sort of philosophy all the time with players, not so much with coaches. But I'm I'm always on the side of I'd rather get out too early than wait until it's too late and my team finds itself in a hole. All right, that's Rami. By the way, the phone lines are 651-646-8255. I'm Mackie. Judd will be back tomorrow. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. Let's talk about TCL TVs here. It's America's fastest-growing TV brand, and it's the official studio sponsor of Score North. In fact, uh, when we're watching Kirk Cousins be better than Aaron Rodgers, which has been my take on the show today, that he's better than Aaron Rodgers, we're watching those games on a 55-inch 4K picture-quality TCL TV built-in Roku device uh, we love it when you listeners of the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show tweet us in your pictures of your TCL TV setups. In fact, uh, Rami, had, I can't remember uh, what the show was, but Rami wanted to know where a certain episode, I think it was the Transformers episode where the guy's a basketball player and he's dunking. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, it was uh, Optimus Prime was dunking on somebody. Someone literally, <laughs> literally showed us on their TCL TV with the built-in Roku how to get to that exact episode. It was yeah. amazing. The guy had a Roku shirt on, too. Just like totally I think he works for Roku. I think that guy works for Roku. I looked at his profile. I'm awesome. not even kidding. Yeah. And uh, and he's got the TCL TV, which is what uh, any sports fan, which is what any cord cutter should have in their living room. TCLUSA.com or just stop into any major local retailer. Going to guess there's some pretty good deals on TCL TVs at major local retailers here later this week. Just saying. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Their loss yesterday to the New England Patriots drops the Dallas Cowboys to 6-5 and five on the season. Not going well so far for them, although they still do lead the NFC East. But that's a terrible division right now, and Jerry Jones doesn't think it's going well either. To me, special teams is 100% coaching. It's 100% coaching. <laughs> How strategy, it's uh, having players ready. Uh, they use the makeup of the roster. We exclude certain players from it because we they're too important in the defense and offensive phase of it. But uh, other than that, special teams. And that's why today I uh, give uh, Belichick and give them credit. They did a great job on special teams, and that was uh, uh, really probably the determining difference. So all is going well down in Dallas right now. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. <laughs> uh, Rami, yes. you, you set us up here because I saw you tweeting about Jason Jason Garrett was asked about because they kicked a field Dude. goal down seven last night with just a few minutes to go and people are like, why would you kick a field goal in that spot? Why not go for it? 
uh, the, the, the analytics and the win probability numbers would tell you that this is probably your last chance to score a touchdown in this game. And uh, Jason Garrett was like, eh, we don't really use those stats. This is a quote. Games. This is a quote after the game. Jason Garrett said, we don't use the stats when in the game. <laughs> when asked about win probability numbers, given before decisions to kick or go for it. So translated, it just means we don't plan on keeping our jobs after this season? I, I don't, I don't, in any line of work, period, whatsoever, if I'm your boss and you just failed and you came out and said, yeah, you know, when we're in the moment, we just don't use all the information that we have at our fingertips that could help us be better and more successful. You're fired. That's the translation, right? That's what yeah. he, basically what he said. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly what he just said. That's exactly what he just said. We had information at our disposal that maybe would have led us to make a better decision there, and who knows, maybe even win a big football game that we kind of needed to win. Now we're going to pass. We're good. hilarious, man. We don't need that info. And you know what? Why would you say that out loud when everybody knows and you know that your job is week to week right now, and you have an owner who happily, gleefully comes out and sets you up for disaster and failure at every chance he gets. Dude, why, he threw why would you, you under a fleet of buses <laughs> yes. last night? Your owner just <laughs> came amazing. out and threw you under a fleet of buses. <laughs> but that would be right there. I mean, that's if I'm an owner, if I'm a general manager, first of all, I don't think I would ever hire a coach to begin with or put him in that spot if that's how he believed it worked when it came to statistics. Like, you got John Harbaugh. We talked about this last week on the show. John Harbaugh has a college kid in his pocket. On the sidelines, telling him when he should call timeouts, when he should go for it, when he should go for two. Basically, as a Madden player standing next to him on the sidelines, doing all the same things that Jason Garrett said. Ah, no, we don't really. Nah, we got the information, but it's just too hard to use it during games. It's too it makes no sense. Like you literally have within a certain degree of certainty numbers and statistics that will tell you, hey, if you do this you have this percentage of chance to win. But if you do this, you have this much better a percentage of a chance to win. And he doesn't want anything to do with that. He doesn't want to be told how or what gives him the best chance to win a football game. Also, how, do you, how, do you, how do you reject that information? How? There are also, I, I, here, but here's who can reject that information. If you have a track record in your life, in your career, whatever your profession is, in this case it's football, if you have enough of a track record of trusting your gut, and your gut is so spot on because of decades of experience, and I would argue that there is no such person. I mean, if there's information that leads you to the correct decision, just take it. But even if there was such a coach, a Bill Belichickian uh, counter, right, who's been around long enough and has credibility and reference points built up to say, you know what, we're going to go with my gut because I've got the credibility, how far down the list do you have to go until you get to Jason Garrett, Rami Makhlouf? Really far down the list. Yeah. <laughs> really, really far down the list. So, like, seriously far down that list. Yeah. So, sorry, Jason Garrett, but uh, you're probably not going not gonna to work there anymore. You know, you would think so, but don't we have things like this with Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones, like, every year? The dude, yeah, is, is he the longest-tenured coach in the NFL after Bill Belichick? I think he's the longest tenured coach in the NFL after Bill Belichick. It's like him, uh, I think Sean Payton's a little longer. It's, it's oh, you, like, might be, you might be right about that, but he's up there. He's like, like in the fourth. top three or four. Yes. 
But this is and, Jer- and Jerry Jones has come out before and said things that make it sound like yeah that's that's probably about it for Jason Garrett he'll be done at the end of the season and there he is again this feels- training camp starts up and there's Ginger Jason Garrett <laughs> heading up a football team this feels different this time especially when Jerry Jones early in the season was asked about uh, Jason Garrett and the season and this is like week three or something and he was asked can this team win a Super Bowl and he said yes everything's on the table for us to win a Super Bowl now does anyone now, the Cowboys are good, and Dak Prescott's probably one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, but to say that the Cowboys should be expected to win a Super Bowl a few weeks ago, that's an owner saying, you better live up to some lofty expectations this time around because it's been a decade. And I think Jason Garrett has, like, what, one playoff win in a decade? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. I think you're right about that. So that's, like, and when you just to loop it back into our Mike Zimmer conversation with Tom Pelissero from earlier in the hour, uh, like, 10-plus years of the same plateau, probably time to make a change. I don't feel like the Vikings are just stuck in the same plateau and rut that the Cowboys have been stuck in. And you could also argue the Cowboys have a lot more in terms of built-in advantages. The Cowboys have one of the best offensive lines. If you like to look at the last five years, when you have that kind of an offensive line and you have Dak Prescott the last couple of years, and before that you had Tony Romo, and I get that Tony Romo threw some bad interceptions, but... Tony Romo's going to go down as a borderline Hall of Famer when all when all is said and done, and uh, you're pretty much never in the conversation for a Super Bowl. That's that's a plateau that's worth moving off of. You would think so, but he's still the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and has been for some time while putting up that disappointing resume that you're talking about. Real quick here, Rami, mm-hmm. just want to just want to see if we have any more. Uh, oh, look, we do. They won. Trubisky, I, I don't think this guy is fit to sell ties at Marshall Fields. And Coach Nagy, you know, he's nothing more than a glorified host at a steakhouse. You know, it's just, uh, you know, get the blooming onion. Let's get going, guys. Uh, my nephew scores more points in his youth football game in Ottawa than uh, the Bears can score all season. I don't think the Bears are going to win another game this year because they're more worried about what the media and what the fans are booing about than they are about executing their plays. Now, that's a correct you know, point. And now that we've uh, Patrick Royce on the line, uh, let's uh, check. How was the How was the Packer hotline today? We didn't get that. I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. It's just frustrating to watch this, and I have I've been saying lately or this year that he reminds me of Favre when McCarthy came in. Is he accepting the coaching? Is he just trying to get through the games? Does he think he knows more than anybody else? And he just doesn't seem like he wants to be coached or he's going to fix these problems because the fundamentals are just repetitive that he keeps doing them wrong. Go, Pat, go! That's so much better. So much better. beautiful. That was beautiful. That was beautiful because he was great until last night, right? <laughs> now he's now he's not trying. He doesn't try to learn the plays anymore. I love fans; they're the greatest. It's amazing. I mean, in all in all seriousness, in reality, Pat, I don't I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is getting enough heat today. I mean, if that was if that was Kirk Cousins' performance in primetime last night. I think he'd be getting killed and beat up a lot more than we're seeing Aaron Rodgers today in the national. I media. don't. Uh, I don't think so because Kirk Cousins. You put that pass rush on Kirk Cousins, and he would have stunk too. 
So I mean, they can't. They had their. Uh, they can't block anybody up front. And then Bulaga got hurt, and it was a it was a train wreck the whole night. It was, uh, uh, you know, he had no chance. They had no running game. They San Francisco. Oof, that defense looked fantastic. And uh, the Packers aren't. Do you see who he's throwing to? Who are these guys? What happened to the guy that got? Uh, uh, didn't they make a trade for some more receiver? What what happened to these guys? I mean, Devontae De- De- Adams has been like they're they, they don't have the weapons of the Vikings. I'll say that they do not. Aaron Rodgers is not throwing to Stephon Diggs and uh, even well, like Herb Smith Junior. Oh, they got last night. It was awful. Whoever the hell they were throwing it to, nobody even knows uh, who, who these guys were. They were uh, was Adams playing last night? He's hurt two thirds. Uh, no, he, yeah, he was. He had, yeah, he, he was. Out he, there. he led the team in catches. But... Jimmy Graham has been a shell of himself since getting to Green Bay. Uh, he was a shell of himself four years ago. That's true. He was a shell of himself in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, but uh, he managed to. Uh, uh, was it Seattle made the idiotic trade for him, right? Yeah, Seattle thought they were getting peak Jimmy Graham, and uh, yeah, they weren't. No, they did not. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the Vikings, as I've been saying, they're going to win the division. They're they're way better than the Packers, and uh, the other two teams are horrible. How about the Lions, man? We remember that earlier this year, month into the season. Yeah, the Lions are a little better than we thought they were. Yeah, the Lions, you know, they're pretty good. Uh, what is it now? What are they, 7 out of 8? Something like that they lost. Yeah, it's a rough stretch, and now they're talking about shutting Matthew Stafford down for the rest of the season, so Jeff, oh, yeah, Jeff, no Jeff Driscoll is there's, your guy. There's no doubt they're tanky, uh, right? I mean, there's no doubt that, they, that they've told Stafford to take the rest of the year off. Yeah, Stafford last week was saying that he thinks it's important for him to play again for all the reasons that football players are convinced throughout their lives that it's important for them to play. And uh, I have a feeling that the Lions told him, yeah, you know what, it's really not all that important, yeah. Matthew. We're looking ahead to next year. Are they going to keep this moron coach or not? Boy, I think he has a built-in excuse, right? Matthew Stafford got hurt. Yeah, he does, but he's a dummy. You, you know he's a dummy. Uh, like, never hire a Belichick assistant, yep. okay? Instead of using that as a resume builder, use that as a resume detractor because they just do what Bill tells them to do, okay? Maybe Josh McDaniels has now grown to a point where uh, he actually lets him uh, have uh, 20% of the say on the offense. But the rest of them, these guys, classic Lions, they... They take the week off to between the before the Super Bowl in Minneapolis to rush to hire Patricia, and then they give up. What they give up? The Eagles fifty-two. Was it fifty-two here? Uh, the Super Bowl here? Yeah, something. It was or forties, something like that. Yes. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you, you know, you you knew that the Lions. If if the Lions do something. It's wrong. That's pretty much uh, we. <laughs> yeah. You know, as I've said my whole life, the uh, the you know way back uh, I was looking this up a couple of years ago. Way back when they were dividing up the teams into various divisions when the merger was coming and all that, or maybe even before that when they went to the, uh, the like the coastal and the, they, there was two. Di- Divisions in the West and two in the East, and Coastal and Central. The Lions fought like hell not to let the Vikings into it. 
because uh, I think they were afraid of Paige and those guys, and uh, they were right. They shouldn't have let the yeah. Vikings into it. Because the Vikings' lifetime have got to be thirty games from over five hundred against that uh, team. Man, Pat, back to the to the Bill Belichick assistant thing. Did you guys have a chance at all over the weekend? They're doing these uh, like the the NFL's one hundred one hundredth season, the greatest. NFL players roster. They're just unveiling all the like the greatest players at each position. And Bill Belichick is part of this special. So it was Bill Belichick, Rich Eisen, and uh, there might have been a couple others that they brought in. And it's Bill Belichick offering insight and breaking down Emmett Smith and all these great players. Stuff that he wow. never gives you. How did they get him to do that? It was it's amazing. If you get a chance, if there's listeners out there, if you, it's actual great insight, an hour long insight from Bill Belichick. He's also him and him and Nick Saban are doing some some sort of special for HBO Sports too, wow. where they sit down and talk football together. Wow. I would uh, I would stab myself in the eye with a pencil, or the ear, rather than cover him. But he is the best coach in any sport of my lifetime. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, Phil Jackson won 10 titles. Uh, okay, Phil. Let's uh, see. You, you, you managed to do that with Kobe, Shaq, and Jordan. Congratulations. I'm really impressed. Uh, uh, this guy, look at the offensive receivers they're using. So, so what's he doing? He doesn't have any offense left, so he builds this fantastic defense. Yeah, and every week, so he he references the book uh, The Art of War in in one of these clips that I was watching over the weekend, and he just like openly talks about you know every week we form a new game plan and we go at their weaknesses yeah. and we whatever our strengths are that week we emphasize our strengths and it's 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 a very simple thirty thousand foot strategy, but to do it every single week of every single year that you coach is super complicated and amazing to well, implement. Uh... You'll remember this game, Phil. I don't think your partner Romney will remember that. But uh, uh, yeah, Romney. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, they came in Chile's second year, was it? They were off. The Vikings were off to a good start. Chile's yeah. second year, and they they'd had a couple of clunkers, and it looked like the Vikings were going to beat them. Remember, he came out five wide, and they just. You know, they'd never done that, and they just humiliated them in the Metrodome. The Vikings had no idea what was going on. Because right off the bat, the, they get a, they get a, like a holding penalty or what a clipping, we used to call it, whatever, penalty on the kickoff, and they started like the 8-yard line or the 10-yard line, and he comes out five wide anyway. That yeah. was the plan. And they go 90 yards in about five plays, and the Vikings they just carved them up. And I thought, huh. This guy's pretty smart. So, and by the way, that was that was Brad Childress's first year in 2006, and Tom, and this oh, really? and Tom Brady comes up. So the, the Patriots ran the ball. They handed the ball off to Lawrence Maroney eight times in that game, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom Brady went and threw 43 passes for 372 <laughs> yards and four touchdowns. Shotgun for three final? hours. Thirty-one seven Patriots. Yeah, yeah, it was just a slaughter, and uh, you know I. Yeah, I think a lot of us thought the Vikings were going to win that game. Yeah, that was that was kind of billed as because at the time Brad Childress was rookie coach and was the cerebral new coach in the NFL, and he's going to match wits with Bill Belichick. And nope. <laughs> I'll tell you though, Chili Spurgeon thought he was. He bailed out of that new league didn't he, before anybody yeah. else. Did. <laughs> I think he was going to coach the Atlanta team, but. 
what, six weeks before the season started, he said, nah, no thank you. I'd rather be out of point. <laughs> that turned out to be okay. It's like, nah, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. good. Thanks, everybody. So, uh, so did, I, I've been running around today. Did the uh, how, what years did our twins wear wear the powder blue? Oh my did, gosh! Did I think somebody tweeted me today. I'm doing this off of memory. I think somebody tweeted me today. It was from '76 to '83. Mm-hmm. Probably was, yeah, because I was uh, I was covering them that. I was wondering if they covered. I covered them from '74 to '78 as the beat guy, and I was thinking that they had them the whole time, but I guess not. So when are they going to wear these god awful things? Oh, you're out on them, huh? I'm oh, not a big yeah. fan either, to be honest with you. And and the the uniform that I've seen more Twins fans clamoring for, if you if you're going to do some kind of throwback, is the uh, the pinstriped ones. Yeah, yeah, but I think they probably sell more of these, don't you? Because they're more colorful. A pinstripe doesn't really uh, inherit, you know, intrigue the youth of America. But then again, Rodney, how many betty titles did Rodney have? From the 76 to 83, how many betty titles did he win in that one? Um, I don't want, uh, I won about three, right? <laughs> three or four? Yeah. I'll have to call, uh, I'll have to call him up this week and ask him if he's nostalgic about bringing back the powder blue. Yeah, if, uh, well, I, I, I think double, I think they're cool, but I I don't know. I think don't you think the double nets had a bad look about them? No matter what color they were, though, I don't know. It just you know maybe I had too many of those wonderful double knit sport coats that the thread used to rip off. Well, well, put it this yeah. way, Pat: there's nothing like connecting with the youth of America, baseball fans, like bringing back those uniforms from 1977. <laughs> That's what's going to no, hook I them think in. The color, I think the color, the color, the you know, the goofy. Powder blue color. I'm not suggesting that these uh, that the uh, 22 year old will remember Radford running around the bases in the uh, in the uh, powder blue. Right. So, all right. Well, we will. Uh, if you missed it, by the way, Randy in Cottage Grove uh, had his Gopher stud stable at about four twenty today. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. I'll have to, uh, I missed it. I did. We have how many studs we have? Well, we had to cut them off after about nine. So. <laughs> And, it, it, and he was very impressed with the uh, new coach CD flick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, uh, and Carter Coughlin really has a nose for the football. I'm not sure if you knew that, but uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, all right. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow, right. Pat. Goodbye. All right. That's uh, wrapping with Ricey every day on the show. I had I had uh, my numbers a little bit mixed up, Pat. Simon just tweeted in. It was from 73 to 86. I said 76 to 83. So I was just a little bit off there. Okay. Well, you were in the window. Right. I had just my three and my six mixed up. Sports dyslexia. (laughs) Or just regular dyslexia. Could be that, too. It could be it, too. That's Rami. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd's back tomorrow. We're back at full strength. He is back tomorrow, right? I think so. I don't know. Did his flight make it back? I guess we'll find out tomorrow. You can find our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app, which is free to download. See you all tomorrow. Well, Mackie's seen him with his pants off. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. 
TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.